Last Word is a lifestyle brand focused on all things anti-human trafficking. According to the International Labor Organization, over 260 million children are forced into employment around the world. Making textiles and garments for the demands of fashion trends we see all on social media. This will often come at the price of a child being forced into labor trafficking. Our ambition at Last Word is to reduce the exposure of those who are trafficked around the world, starting with the garment industry. Last Word offers consumers a refreshed look at recycled, repurposed, and reloved fashion trends. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that fashion has a way of circling back around, and not always in the best way. Last Word takes all those unwanted and undesired garments, giving them a little TLC or repurpose to create a divine collection you will feel confident, amazing, and inspired in when wearing. Follow Last Word on Instagram at lastword underscore by SL and visit us online at lastwordbysl.com to get your latest fashion trends everyone will be sure to ask you about. Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. A young Indigenous woman unveils her eyes and starts looking into the statistics on missing and Indigenous women. And just a few short months later, she herself turns up missing disappears without a trace in Browning, Montana on June 5th, 2017. Tonight, we give Ashley Loring, Heavy Runner, the last word. Welcome all. Welcome one. We are back with another episode of Human Trafficking True Crime. I'm your host, Shannon. And I'm Megan. And we're here, here to tell, as always. As always, <laughs> to tell you all of the true crime stories related to human trafficking. Yes. Before we get to tonight's case, though, hopefully by the time this episode <laughs> airs, our Patreon account will be set up. I've figured out some things. I'm working out some logistics. But... Once we get that set up, if you guys want like your name shout outs and all of that, go check out the Patreon page. Hopefully it'll be set up by the time this goes out. <laughs> Can't make any promises. Fingers I'm a one man show over here, but we're making it work. So in the meantime, you can go check out the merch on our store page at lastwordbysl.com. You can totally go purchase something. You can donate if you don't want to. All of that money does go back into local nonprofits here in the area. I'm also excited to share that we are in the process of getting our own status for being a private foundation. So I'm like super pumped about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so just go do all the things. And in the meantime, I have to tell you the craziest news story I saw. And I'm, 
I send it to you. I know you haven't like looked at all of it. You kind of started reading it and stopped. Yeah, and then I wanted to be surprised. Yes, but <laughs> this case is, well, I say case. This little Instagram story I saw is beyond hilarious. I know you can all hear me drinking. I'm sorry. So this guy is wanted and the local police department post his wanted poster on their Facebook page. This is in Richland, Washington. So Richland, Washington Police Department post wanted Wednesday. Anthony Ackers, 38, is wanted by the Department of Correction for failure to comply Anyone with information, please call. They list the number and a photo of Mr. Ackers. To which Mr. Ackers responds onto the Facebook page that says, Calm down. I'm going to turn myself in. He got over a thousand likes for this comment. <laughs> the Richland, Washington Police Department responds with, Hey, Anthony, we haven't seen you yet, but our business hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Of course, if you need a ride, you can call our non-emergency number at, and we'll pick you up. So this starts gaining traction on their Facebook page. Anthony Ackers writes back, Thank you. Tying up a couple loose ends since I will probably be in there for a month. Should be there in the next 48 hours. <laughs> People start asking if he's turned himself in, to which the Richland Police Department responds with, no, he hasn't. And then they follow up again a couple days later with, Dear Anthony, is it us? Last Wednesday, we reached out to you as wanted. You replied and even said you were going to turn yourself in. We waited, but you didn't show. After you stood us up, we reached out again, this time offering you a ride. We replied and you said, excuse me, you replied and said you needed 48 hours. The weekend came and went. And we are beginning to think you're not coming. Please call us anytime and we will come get you. They provide the number. <laughs> So this goes on, and Anthony Ackers, who is wanted, responds to the Richland, Washington Police Department with, Dear RPD, it's not you, it's me. I obviously have commitment <laughs> issues. I apologize for standing you up, but let me make it up to you. I will be there no later than lunchtime tomorrow. I know you have no reason to believe me after what I did to you, but I promise that if I don't make it on my own by lunchtime tomorrow, I will call for a ride to assist me with my commitment issues. <laughs> thank you in advance for your response and in your pa Thank you in advance to your response if you are patiently giving me another chance with us. I know I don't deserve it. P.S. You're beautiful. And then he follows up with a, another post, and this one is accompanied <laughs> by an image, and it says, here for our date, sweetheart, and it's him hitting the elevator button. <laughs> so Mr. Ackers did turn himself in, but there was some comical... Seems happening like a good guy. around I think, I think you know they, what he probably was tying up some loose ends and like i'm gonna play this out as long as i can for i absolutely have you know to turn what? myself yeah. in but sometimes, i'll get my 15 minutes of fame sometimes you just need to make them laugh you know exactly that was i thought that was a i don't know what he's wanted on so hopefully it's nothing crazy crazy <laughs> like you know 
inappropriateness with children or anything. But overall, I thought there was that was comical. I thought that was pretty funny. So that was a good. That's one. our crazy news story for the day. I liked that. Now I think tonight, Megan, you, my fine, most beautiful friend, are leading the charge. I am in our yes. loud, bold, and out there brigade against human trafficking because we still haven't come up with a name. <laughs> for loud, our posse. bold, and out there brigade. I kind of like that. Do you like that? these? Are like our brigade of like a brigade is a formation of people like standing up against something, right? Or like a brigade of army, an army brigade. So like I feel like our listeners are part of a brigade of ending human trafficking. So we are the loud. and our motto is loud, bold, and out there. So <laughs> the why loud, not loud, bold, and out there force? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We I need like to come that. up with a name. We'll send us out send something. us your thoughts. Yeah, we need some help on that. What are our What's our army going to be? Go on. You are leading the charge for <laughs> I'm tonight. I'm leading the charge. All right. So today we're going to be talking about Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. She was 20 years old when she went missing from Blackfeet Indian Reservation in Montana. And she is described by her family, especially her sister, as a positive, vibrant young woman studying environmental science at Blackfeet Community College. Mm. Her sister describes her as just wanting to help anything and anyone she could. When she heard about the rapidly growing disappearances of the indigenous woman in Canada and northern United States, she decided that she wanted to start helping. Unfortunately, she never gets the chance, and she too will turn up as a disappeared indigenous woman herself with last known convers- bleh, with a last known correspondence of June 5th, 2017. Okay, so holy cow, environmental science, like that's I could barely get two class, let alone study that. Right. And second of all, I know we have talked about this before, but how do you say it? Woman? Woman. Woman. What is, I say woman, but literally lately, I feel like I've been hearing a lot of people say and refer to as woman. Like what? Well, how did woman. I say it? I've heard you say, like you emphasize the the the. E-N part, I feel like. Maybe I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, wow. Smart kid, obviously. Yeah, very driven. And studying she, that. Recent, she had just found out about the statistics regarding indigenous women and their missing disappearance and murdering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she then tells her sister and she told her sister point blank i want to help i want to try making a difference and unfortunately she doesn't get a chance to which we'll talk about that a little bit more here um yeah in this so i know that we just covered the case of ava the surviving story of the young navajo woman who escaped the life she was Mm -hmm. moving towards and is overcoming her trafficking trauma If you haven't listened to the episode yet, you may want to because we're going to be revisiting some statistics that we talked about here in a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember. That was the start of the season. Yeah. The beginning of season two. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the exact episode offhand. Yeah. And this is a super important topic about indigenous women Mm -hmm. missing and murdered. Um, So I feel like we're going to have quite a few more cases moving forward in regards to this probably. Absolutely. Unfortunately. So I took the liberty of finding some more statistics about um, this demographic of women. Woman. I hear it. You say woman. <laughs> woman. Yeah. 
So according to the National Crime Information Center, in 2016, there were approximately 5,712 reports filed of missing American Indian and Alaskan Native women and girls. However, the U.S. Department of Justice Federal Missing Persons Database, NamUs, only logged 116 cases. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of the jurisdictional issues that we've talked about in the past and who is responsible and then you, you know, if it, the crime happens on Native land and was it a Native person or a non-Native person who committed the crime, there's so much red tape. Right, yeah. Which So it doesn't surprise me that they only have 116 cases. Mm. Plus, we all know how I feel about that stuff. You have 116, yep. it's probably double that at least. Right. Uh, another statistic, the murder rate of Indigenous women is 10 times higher than the national average for women living mm-hmm. on reservations, but murder is the third leading cause of Native women. Do you know what the other two are? I do not. But... Third leading cause. That's crazy. It's so sad, the disadvantages that they face. And 10 times higher. Yeah. Well, we talked about that in the Eva case. I mean, yeah, it's insane. They are so much more likely to fall victim to human trafficking, poverty, homelessness, uh, drugs. I mean, the list goes on. And then it's that... You then you have to start factoring in the generational trauma that we've right. all talked about. And then lastly, on all counts, Native American and Alaska Native rates of murder, rape, and violent cli- crimes are all higher than the national mm-hmm. averages in the United States. Yeah. I'll put that now, up. I feel like I've read varying statistics on this where it's, Native and Alaska Native, like Native Americans or indigenous people have a higher rate, but also it's just women in general of color are also at a higher rate. So it's not just them, like it's a majority of like them and women in general of color. Right. It's just all it's just all it's truly sad. like heartbreaking in my terms, especially in 2023. We do have this human trafficking podcast and we are bringing awareness and there are many organizations that are trying to bring awareness, but we're just not moving fast enough. No, I feel like we well, because it all falls back to politics. It all falls back to money. It all falls back to Scratch my back, scratch your back. What's going to help me get where I need to go and screw everything else? And that's sad because I don't think a majority of people think that way. Yes, we all are different, but I think at the majority, like at the heart of it, a majority of us have good hearts, care about people, and we want to see change, but we don't know how to do that or what to do to make that happen. But I think we are way behind the times on a lot of this stuff for sure. I agree. Black Owl Photography, located in the heart of Old Town Louisville, is a five-star rated photography business with over 15 years of experience. Kelly Blackall, the owner of Black Owl Photography, has a way of making anyone feel confident and comfortable in those sometimes awkward shots. She can get a wonderful photo of anyone, even those Chandler Bing clients. Kelly can capture shots that look effortless and natural while locking in beauty around. 
Black Owl Photography will handle your class portraits, engagement photos, or even that perfect political campaign headshot. Kelly has done it all and loves to get creative with her clients. If you have been on the fence about getting those updated headshots or need family photos for the holidays, reach out to Kelly and book your session today at Black Owl Photography on Instagram. That's B-L-A-C-K-A-L-L Photography or you can visit at blackallphotography.com. Schedule your perfect shots today, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Okay, so after we read all those statistics, we're now going to go into the timeline of her disappearance. Um, This can be anything from a play-by-play of what was happening in real time, or some of these are also from later tips received. I just kind of wanted to get the full picture of the Mm -hmm. story out there. Okay. So in June of 2017, Ashley reached out to her friends via Facebook looking for a ride into town. Her family lived in the wilderness in a termed ranch. Um, One of her friends agreed to pick her up. um, And then from the research that I have done, that friend is not actually identified, which leads me to believe that they've been vetted and spoken with and deemed not a person of interest. Um, When she was picked up by her friend, Ashley had packed a backpack with some clothes and went on her merry way. Did she live on the reservation? Yes, she did. Okay. Uh, They lived out in the boonies. In the, yeah. Yeah. But they were on native reservation land. Right, yeah. So then on the morning of June 5th, 2017, this is the last seen sighting of Ashley. There's video footage of Ashley last seen at a party on the Indian Reservation of Browning, Montana. She's seen in this video drinking and socializing with other people. And at some point on that day, June 5th, Ashley had texted her sister, Kimberly, who was on a trip in Morocco. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was visit- visiting her fiancé, which I was like, dang, you I'm go, girl. I'm going to go to Morocco. Okay. No kidding. Like- <laughs> so the text said... Uh, But unfortunately, you know, that trip now is going to be tainted forever for her because like, I I think I've heard this story, but I'm not 100% sure. But regardless, obviously, it can't be good Mm -hmm. if we're talking about it. So unfortunately, you have to think her sister is probably devastated. Yeah, her trip is tainted for sure. So in the text, Ashley texts. In the text, Ashley texts. (laughs) In the message that Ashley texts her sister, she says... Ashley texts, send me some months, money, can you? Kimberly responds, I wish, sis, but I'm in Africa. Are you okay? How do you know that M-U-N-S stands for money? Is that just me being older than you and like not knowing? (laughs) Yes. Because that to me, I'm like... Send me um, some months. What's a months? Like... Yeah, I'm thinking like money. a biscuit. Sounds like a biscuit, like a Munn's biscuit or something. <laughs> I don't know. Extra honey and some jelly, please. Yeah, which is also really a weird interaction to have with your older sister. Send me some money, can you? And then she's like, nah, I'm in Africa. You good? And then Kim, and then Ashley responds, always. So, yeah, weird text. But again, I'm going to go back to the Munn's because... Muns is is four letters. Money is five. Why not just spend the two point five seconds? Because because out? we're talking. This is the twenty first. This is the twenty first okay, century. Okay, I understand that. Okay, so <laughs> I would never have known Muns meant that. But yeah, one yeah, her sister's in Africa. 
I guess how yeah how are you gonna do it but it's 2017 you could Venmo Mm -hmm. you could Venmo someone but her sister says she's fine so yeah she said always so but that's got to be a lie what what you need money then for you don't ask for money if you don't need it for something now is it something nefarious or is it something like you need to pay your water bill she's also in college so you know I did ask my mom for money but again it was but you had a reason there was a reason I need groceries I'm out of money because I spent all my money and I have no money to go do anything there's a reason you need the money you don't ask and then just say always that's odd yeah so throughout the rest of June, Kimberly returns from Morocco and still does not hear from her sister. According to the family, this was not out of the question as Ashley was known to lose her phone, like a lot, apparently. And then Kimberly also knew that they would be meeting up with each other in Missoula to start at the time what her sister refers to as a whole new life. So they were both going to be moving into Missoula together into an apartment and starting this whole new life away from the reservation. Is there a reason why they were moving? Just just to start a whole start new a life. Start a new life, okay. Yep. By mid-June, their father became ill and was hospitalized and had liver failure. And there was still no word from Ashley after calling and texting. texting. This is when the family began to worry. So Kimberly, naturally being a worried sister, started calling and texting all of the friends or anyone that could help locate Ashley. This is when the family discovered no one had seen or heard from her since the since the 5th of June. And what date is this at this point? This is about mid-June, so okay, like June so 15th several, to the 20th. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So several days have gone by. Right. The family then reported her missing to the Blackfeet Reservation Tribal Police Force and received very little, if any, response. No one cared. They all said that she's a grown woman. She can leave whenever she wants to. There's no crime in an adult walking away. Exactly. And they literally no help at all. Ugh. Makes me so mad. Finally, in late June, a tip came in from a woman who claimed they had seen someone resembling Heavy Runner running away from a car close to where her last known location was. Oh, man. Running away from a car and you don't do it? That's the other thing. It's like, well, sometimes when you listen to these stories and you read things and you're like, ugh. Like, Mark Himbaugh, when we were talking about him in the sketch and the mom who saw it, and like articles I was reading was like, yeah, the mom had this motherly instinct. Something wasn't right. So she made a mental note. No, bitch. If you had a motherly instinct, you would have gotten out and said, hey, little boy. Where do you live? Are yeah. you by yourself? You Can doing? I give you a ride home? Let me walk you to your house. But again, I'm not there. I understand that. But I'm like, if in this case with Ashley Heavy Run, it's like if you felt, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand because if it. I feel it's- something, if I see something that I feel is not, I'm, I'm waiting. I may not necessarily say something, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting. It's the bystander effect. It's, it's a continuous societal problem that we all have the bystander i don't have that because i'm a what is what have we said before fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. i am a fight i am not going down without a fight like you got me jacked up and if i see (laughs) something that doesn't make me feel comfortable or i question i am staying until 
that feeling either goes away or I need to then call police. And I've done that before. And I will say it until I'm blue in the face. I would rather call the police and be wrong a thousand times over than not call and realize that I missed an opportunity. And knew that something was happening. So, and then another person then comes forward, uh, June 11th, 2017, Sam McDonald. He claims that he saw Ashley this day and that Ashley wanted to meet up with someone named (laughs) V-Dog. He claims that he did not take her there to meet him, but when he woke up the next morning, she was gone. Why do their names always have to be so weird? Uh, Who comes (laughs) up with them? So there's a new lead there that her her last known sighting was June 11th. Now on June thirtieth, V Dog. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's they gotta have a street name, you know. How does one come up with V Dog? Hey V Dog, how's it going? You know, there's some sick, twisted story. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Go on, just keep going. <laughs> now on June thirtieth, two thousand seventeen, V Dog. <laughs> <laughs> a sh- <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> On June 30th, 2017, a search is conducted in Bab, Montana, where a sweater is discovered suspected to be Ashley's. The sweater is taken into custody for testing. Unfortunately, the family would later find out that this piece of ed- evidence sat in a box and was never tested as it was claimed. No. Do they still have this piece of evidence now? As far as I know, yes. Okay, well, that's that's somewhat calming. Yeah. In July 29th, 2017, another search is conducted with volunteers, which yields no signs of ev- or evidence of Ashley. Now, September of 2007, a suspect is proposed as Paul Venezuela, a.k.a. V-Dog. Ashley's supposed boyfriend, a man in his 50s with a criminal background. He is later arrested on unrelated charges, but he does tell ABC that he could reveal who did this to Ashley, and he says, trust me, I am the only one who can. But he only said that he would talk if he was moved to a different prison. Of course, there's always a stipulation. ABC obviously did not have that power, so nothing came of this either. He probably doesn't know anything. We're going to actually circle back to him. Well, it is her boyfriend, so maybe. Now, in February of 2018 and onward, uh, this is when the FBI now joins in on Ashley Heavy Runner's case. And the family then starts advocating these yearly walks and vigils in honor of her missing. Mm -hmm. The vigils are designed to help get with the community reservation and talk with them because a lot of them don't like to talk to police officers. Yeah. Um, So it's just a way for them to try to open up without there being a fear of any consequences. Um, They even offer a reward fund of $10,000, which has now been increased to 15 as of April 2019. Um, Unfortunately, there's still no one that has come forward that's willing to open up about what happened. Hmm. 
Now, Kimberly, Ashley's sister, becomes a huge proponent and advocate for her sister's case, as well as indigenous women everywhere. In December 12, 2018, Kimberly testifies at a hearing regarding missing an indigenous woman. Oh, wow. And then uh, in May of 2021, she even went on to be a part of the unveiling for the MMIP database. Missing Murdered Indigenous People database. Which, weren't you saying? Yeah, it's the first. like the first of its kind. It's the first database of its kind. so incredibly freaking fact. For missing and murdered Indigenous people. Welcome to the new world. Yeah, it's a database solely designed for them. Um, for them to upload all of their case information, uh, ages, races, heights, weights of just this demographic of people. You know, we were talking earlier about how NamUs only had 113 or 116 or whatever it was, um, indigenous cases that were filed. I do want to state that I have read that a lot of times indigenous women will be misclassified on their missing posters. They will be labeled as Hispanic or Spanish or something other than non-native. Yeah. And then it doesn't label like, so there's this, this gap in when think about that when you're a family of a missing person and you go onto these databases to look at the unnamed individuals and you're typing in native american because you know that your family member is native but whoever filled out the paperwork and did it online listed them as hispanic or what have oh, you that's so sad so unless you're looking at all of them you know i mean you could miss potentially miss someone so i'm not surprised i wanted to that came to my brain earlier but (laughs) i will say that this is kind of a comprehensive timeline of everything that's happened um she is still missing and everything um and we're about to get into theories but first i just wanted to talk a little bit about family involvement when a family member goes missing okay we see this a lot a lot of these people turn into huge advocates of human trafficking and things like that. Um, This is a good case, Kimberly, obviously, but then there's also um, the Lancaster girl, Katie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Megan Lancaster's sister-in-law, Katie. She started her own foundation, and that's part of the Chillicothe missing. Did she start a foundation? I don't know if she started a foundation, but she got very involved in speaking out against the crime for sure. But even to add to what you're saying, look at, you know, John Walsh or Jacob Wetterling. Obviously, these are well before your time, but these kids, mm-hmm. Jacob Wetterling, uh, Johnny Gosh, John um, Adam Walsh, those kids and their disappearances, their families are the driving force behind the kids on the milk carton. Um, missing and exploited children was literally created by John Walsh and Jacob Waterling's family and Johnny Gosh's family and like five other families all came. So, I mean, a lot of times you do see these individuals that have someone that they love that has gone missing or has been trafficked or whatever the circumstances full force launch into fighting yeah. against said enemy. Right, and it's kind of incredible to see that change happen in them. Like, Kimberly, Ashley's sister, you know, she might not have been like, okay, like, you wanted to get in on this, whatever. 
But then when it hits close to home, you realize, wow, okay, well, here I am, and I'm going to continue her legacy until she comes home. Well, what else are you going to do? You got to fight. You got to fight because if that was, if the roles were reversed, wouldn't wouldn't you want them to be doing that for you, you know? 100%. At least I would. Don't stop looking for me, Shannon, if I go missing. I would never. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy. Don't even speak that out into existence. But no, I would never. I would be the front. I would be the spokesperson for your family. I would be the person out there, my loud-ass voice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Loud, bold, and out there. <laughs> the night end up disappeared too. <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna move on into some possible theories that I have. Okay. Um, obviously, like many others, I lean firmly on suspect numero uno, Paul Venezuela, aka V Dog, and he was her boyfriend. Yes. How long had they been dating? Not long by my count because it doesn't seem like the family really knew about him. Now, is she involved in the sex trade? No, not that I could see. But is he? Not that I am aware of from all of the sources that I looked into. And I was on ABC news articles. I uh, even went to Uncovered podcast page to grab some more information and none of them said anything in regards to that okay so in 20 but it doesn't mean that i couldn't be happy right in 2018 the suspect of v-dog paul venezuela started circulating for this case and it started with a video by a semi-famous youtuber t this is actually v-dog's on again off again wife tashina running crane And she posts in this 14-minute video that Paul is trying to frame me for the death of Heavy Runner. But she is claiming she does not know what he is talking about. So this is when we first kind of start seeing all of this happening. In the video, she is quoted as saying, Basically, he has Ashley and everybody in this town knows it. T can also be heard telling her friends in the recording, Paul is trying to set me up. T also later takes this video down, and you cannot find it anywhere. That's weird. At all. And so you're probably wondering, okay, 2018, this video comes out, what's going on? So I'm going to go back to Sam McDonald, mm-hmm. who in June, June 11, 2017, mentions that Ashley wanted to go meet someone named V-Dog. And that brings Paul into the center of Kimberly's hunt to find her sister because she takes this case by the horns because the police are not doing anything to help her. So she becomes essentially a private investigator. Well, yeah, I feel like no one, none of them, yeah, none of them help. So Kimberly then starts talking with Sam, Paul, and T to try to figure out what is happening. And it's right. just this huge back and forth. Paul has her. T has her. Well, no, Sam was the last one to see her, so he may have her. And it just leads Kimberly on this wild goose chase for 
heartbreak and confusion. Right. When she's trying to figure out where, what her sister's movements were, mm-hmm. who she last spoke with, and everyone's telling different stories, pointing the you know finger in different directions. And as a bystander, you can only do so much without law enforcement. You cannot pull phone records. You cannot do certain things unless you have the law enforcement backing. Right. So... As I stated previously, Paul has also, at this time, been arrested on unrelated charges and is in prison currently, Um, but he is still in contact with T. And T even sets up an interview with ABC's Nightlife, and she's talking on the phone with Paul and says, hey, Paul, you know, they want to talk to you and interview, and he hangs up the phone immediately. That's when they then get that correspondence that says, I know what happened to her and only I can tell you, but you have to do this for me. Well, yeah, of course you want something. Yeah. T, to this day, firmly says, I had nothing to do with this at all. Now, since she got caught up in all of this, many in the community blame her for the disappearance of Heavy Runner and she has moved away since because she just can't handle all of the pressure. I'm not sure if she really has anything to do with it, but it is kind of sketched that she was kind of on again, off again with Paul. And then Ashley was in the mix and we don't really know what they were involved in. We just know that they were bad company. So it's safe to say that these people were partying, using drugs, doing all the things. Most definitely, Now, we don't have any hardcore proof that she was being exploited or anything like that, but it's safe to say being a Native woman, she probably was dealing with some type of addiction of some sorts, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And she, which means she very well could be trafficked now, her last known movements were to be around this quote-unquote V-Dog. Right. V-Dog is saying no. He blames a ex-girlfriend. Ex-wife. Excuse me, ex-wife. <laughs> She's like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And we still have no Ashley. Exactly. Now, in June of 2018, a whole year What the heck? This story later, is crazy. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. In June of 2018, a whole year later, the family is given permission to search the ta- the trailer that T and V-Dog and even Ashley were reported to have been at some point in time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the T guy. No, T is the wife. That's just her nickname. The oh, nickname. that's right, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just want to restate this. The family is given permission to search the trailer. By themselves. Because the police are not involved. Yeah. So her family obviously reaches out and they're like, sure, we give you permission to come search it. Which good for them on being Mm -hmm. bad to the bone and staying with it and like taking on the lead themselves. But shame on the local law enforcement for putting that family in that position. God, could you imagine if they found her body? Yeah. Like that is so effing traumatic to see a dead body. Like... If you haven't, like, I would pray no one has, but, like, it's not something that is just fun. Like, funsies and you get over it. Like, 
especially when it's someone that you love and care about. Seeing that is so incredibly traumatic and regardless of what the situation is. So the fact that law enforcement is putting this on them yeah. to go search for her, shame on them. I'm also, shame on them. I'm confident that the law enforcement did in fact search this trailer previously. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure of the timeline of when they did that, but um, they did. Okay. So... The family searches, and they did, in fact, find a rust brown stain on the shag carpet. Again, still to this day are waiting for the evidence to be tested, and the family even says that it's going to turn into another sweater situation. Wow. They have all this evidence sitting somewhere in a room that has not been touched. Oh, if it's even still sitting there. Yeah, and this community is in quite the outrage. Um, in all of the articles that I read, they were just very discouraged by the lack of involvement from law enforcement and investigators. And then, of course, when FBI took over the case, there's been no movement whatsoever on anything. Why is it always when the FBI gets involved, nothing fucking happens? Why? I don't know. But um, I find that interesting, though, why the FBI would get involved in her case if she's this, you know, supposedly took place on native soil. She's a Native American. Like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So my theory with this is that. You know, either it was a fit of rage, jealousy gone wrong, or she was getting involved with this guy that she knew was a criminal because she may have known that he was could be involved in some more differing nefarious things. Obviously, drugs, black market, that's obvious. But what about women? What if he was trafficking women or involved with prostitution? Well, yeah, but then you also, yeah, and you have to look at all the things that are going on behind the scenes. If the city's not getting involved, is it their reason they're not getting involved? Mm -hmm. Is someone in cahoots with him? Are they peddling these nefarious acts together? Are they in bed together, so to speak? I mean, who knows? He absolutely could. But yeah, I mean, I think that Unfortunately, there's two routes that this is going to go. Either she has been murdered or I I think that she could have potentially been trafficked. I mean, that's you can't rule it out. I mean, we don't really know like his his like what am I trying to say? Like, I mean, we need to figure out all the things about his back life, right? Like what mm -hmm. what other women has he been with that need haven't come forward yet you know what i mean yeah exactly i mean it's totally possible with everything he was involved in you have you can't rule anything out until you know exactly and that is kind of all that i really have on this case it's so sad yeah do you have any thoughts opinions or questions um, I don't have any questions. I mean, I think I've kind of like said my thoughts throughout. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's 
It's really unfortunate that we live in a society where we have access to so many amazing things, but we lack in so many departments on so many different levels about so many different things. And when it comes to individuals missing, for example, I mean, it's just so sad how behind the times we are. And I think a majority of people, especially those in the true crime world, are aware of these problems and agree that there needs to be change. Um, it's just astonishing to me like that we're in this situation when we live in this time, this day and age with everything we have. I think it's sad that our law enforcement just discredit people, especially people that are of color or if they are of an indigenous tribe especially it's just so incredibly sad and then you have all the red tape that comes with it and I think her case is solvable I think it's absolutely solvable I just think that because of the red tape and everything going on with it how do you it's falling through the cracks and I agree there's so that's the problem is these little minor cracks have turned into such big issues because it's not just her case. It's not just Ashley. It's so many other cases that are falling through the cracks. And it's like, this is no longer a crack. We have a gap, a gape, a big old asshole that needs to be fixed. And this gap has just exponentially grown into a bigger problem and we're not doing anything to fix it so I don't know I that's I it's sad because we don't have I don't I wish I had an answer I wish we had answers to all the problems and be like this is the solution but Mm -hmm. we don't I just think we have to keep talking about it because I may not have the solution and you may not have a solution but someone listening might have an idea that sparks somebody that comes up with a thought that leads to a solution. Right. It's sad. That was really well put. Wow. Oh, thanks. I was really impressed by that. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I surprise myself. I don't know. I normally speak out of my ass half the time, but sometimes I do come up with some good shit. <laughs> So, Ashley Loring Heavy Runner is still missing to this day. She is a 20-year-old female of the Blackfeet Reservation with fair skin, a small petite frame standing about 5 feet 2 inches and weighing approximately 90 pounds. She has light brown hair with She has light brown hair that's long with brown eyes. We will have pictures posted of her on our socials and if you have any information regarding Ashley's case, please contact the BIA at 833-778-4758. Good job, Megan. Very Thanks. proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> Would you like me to do our weekly spotlights? Yes, they're all ready for you. They are all ready for me. <laughs> How lovely. All right. Well, first we have Danae Medicine Horse, who was 42 years old when she was last seen on September 28, 1981 in Crow Agency, Montana. Diane is described as an indigenous female with black hair and brown eyes. She was approximately 5 feet 2 inches tall and weighed around 135 pounds when she went missing. Anyone with information is asked to call the Department of Indian Affairs at 833-560-2065. Next, we have Ardine Pippion, who was 3 years old when she was last seen on April 22, 2021 in Browning, Montana. Ardeen is described as an indigenous female with brown hair and brown eyes. She was approximately three feet tall and weighed around 31 pounds when she went missing. 
She was last seen wearing a purple jacket with a unicorn design on the front, a gray sweater, and black leggings. Anyone with information is asked to call the BIA department at 833-560-2065. And last we have Shakaya Harding, who was 20 years old when she was last seen on July 28, 2018 in Billings, Montana. She is described as an indigenous female with black hair and brown eyes. She was approximately 5 feet 4 inches tall and weighed around 125 pounds when she went missing. There is also a possible sighting of her in Phoenix, Arizona. Anyone with information is asked to call the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office at 406-256-2929. That is our weekly spotlights. That was tonight's case. Congratulations, Megan, on kicking ass and taking names. Nice. Really coming in clutch for me with all the things I got going on coming up <laughs> with this story. I appreciate that. Uh, be on the lookout, everyone. We will hopefully by the time this episode is done, like we will have our Patreon out. But in the meantime, until next week, true crime friends, we will remain loud, bold, and out there with all we do. And you fine folks, please, please, please stay vigilant, be aware. And always remember what the world needs now is love, not hate. And also, if you see something, freaking say something or watch. And don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. Mm.